But Trump's criticism of NATO stretches back decades. He actually made some of the same claims during an appearance on Larry King Live in 1987. I've always felt that NATO and, and West Germany, I mean, we have all those troops over there. I feel that they should pay their way. I agree with you on NATO. I agree with you on other countries. If you look at the payments that we're making to NATO, they're totally disproportionate with everybody else's, and it's ridiculous. Got to love the archives. His comments, past and present, have driven palpable concern on Capitol Hill, so much so that lawmakers late last year passed legislation that would prevent any president from withdrawing from NATO without Senate approval. Joining us now to discuss is U.S. Permanent Representative to NATO, Ambassador Julianne Smith. Ambassador, I appreciate your time this morning. Can I ask just a basic question up front? Are there any NATO members who are currently delinquent in payments to the United States? Well, thank you. I, I think what we need to be clear about is no one is delinquent. This is not a country club. There are no dues here at NATO. Instead, what we have all committed to do is to invest in our own national defense. All allies 10 years ago said that they would take steps to move to the 2% target, to spend 2% of their GDP on defense. And over the last 10 years, the large majority of allies inside the NATO alliance have moved out an inch closer to 2%. We're going to hear later this week the Secretary General come out with a number that is considerably higher from where we've been. So we've seen nine years of consecutive increases in the defense spending among our allies, and we're going to be celebrating that at the summit this summer in Washington. Uh, that's exactly kind of where I wanted you to go with this, because I think we actually have the chart of kind of the, the better part of the last 10 years. 2014 was a, was a big moment when the 2% of GDP was agreed upon, and we have seen a steady progression upward across the alliance. Still, though, I think currently 11 of the, the alliance's members have hit that 2% threshold, but it has been a steady increase. Are there signs that the others will get there soon, that they're moving forward beyond just inching up, to use your words? Use your words. Well, let me give you a little bit more detail. So in 2014, we had three allies here inside the alliance that were spending 2% of GDP on their national defense. This year at the summit, we think we're going to be close to two-thirds of the alliance spending 2% of their GDP on defense. So that is leaps and bounds from where we started. And thanks to the efforts of President Obama, President Trump, and now President Biden, we are now seeing allies step up and do more for their own defense. This is really producing real results here. We're able to take those resources and do more to enhance our deterrence and defense across the alliance. We're able to do more to protect ourselves from cyber attacks. We're able to do more to work with our allies to protect critical infrastructure and do more to build resilience. So each and every Every day here in the alliance, we're working with our allies together to protect our shared security. This alliance serves U.S. interests, it protects Americans, and it serves the interests of our allies as well. So we're happy to see the increases. We'll continue to push those that aren't quite there yet. Right. But the goal is to have all allies hit the 2% either this year or in the next few years. Ambassador, the president often tells the story of his first G7 summit, where he kept saying America was back. And I think it was uh, first President Macron who said, for how long? 
Um, that was 2021. The, the progression, I think, people assumed in American politics has not necessarily gone uh, as maybe some in the administration would have planned. When you talk to your colleagues in Brussels, when you talk uh, to other ministers, what are they saying about what they're hearing right now from you? I've never seen Jens Stoltenberg put out a more forceful statement than I saw yesterday. Um, how does that reflect in your conversations that you're having? Well, first and foremost, I would say that the allies really appreciated President Biden coming in and making alliances kind of a key feature of his foreign policy agenda. In fact, we've seen seven decades of Democratic and Republican presidents making alliances the cornerstone of each and every part of our national security policy. Right. Why do we do that? Because alliances ultimately make us stronger. They serve our interests and allow us to work together with other countries around the world to protect our own security. So alliances are always a good investment. There's been no denying that over the last 75 years. In terms of what comes in the months ahead, in the years ahead, there what I say to my European and Canadian counterparts is, I see strong bipartisan support among the American public for this alliance. I see Democrats and Republicans largely on the Hill coming together to support NATO. Each and every delegation that comes through here from Congress, whether they're from one side of the aisle or the other, always expresses strong bipartisan support in this alliance. Americans know that this is a good value for America and that it brings security to us and to our allies. So I put my faith in the American people. I put my faith in Congress, where I see deep bipartisan support for this alliance. Yeah, it's very true. And a lot of those bipartisan codels come back and make clear that when they talk to foreign officials, their biggest question is about, is Donald Trump going to be president again? Uh, we will obviously have to wait and see over the course of the next nine months. Ambassador Julian Smith, we always appreciate your time. Thanks so much.